Hey guys, what's up? It is me, Kate Lumpkin. It is six o'clock on Sunday, which means uh, it is office hours with me right now. So um, as you all know, office hours is something I do every Sunday night um, from six to seven or six to six oh five if no one is interested. Um, but what I do on office hours is I take your questions, industry related questions, personal questions if that's what you're feeling tonight, but mostly industry-based questions. Um, and I answer them to the best of my ability, right? So I just want to say always at the beginning of every video, any question that I answer is based on my personal experiences in the offices that I've worked in and on the projects that I've worked on by myself. Um, so every bit of advice that I give you, of course, take it with a grain of salt. Um, for everyone who agrees with me, there are a thousand other people who don't. So. Here I am though, I am here, I'm a free resource for you. So if you have any questions, please feel free just to put them in the uh, comments below and I will answer them. So I um, will wait for you to hit me up with something, but if you uh, don't have a question for me, stick around, we're gonna talk today. This week I had a lot of great clients, like really, really, really wonderful coaching clients. It was, it was a pretty baller week, y'all. Um, hey, thumbs up for you. Um, and, you know, a lot of us were, a lot of people came to me this week to kind of get ready for what's... Uh, Chris, you're so sweet. That's very generous and kind of you. I'll t legit question. Um, legit question, I wash my face and wear a lot of makeup. Boom. Um, okay, but anyways, so what we, uh, we're talking about with lots of my clients this week is getting ready for what's about to happen in January, which of course is pilot season, major audition season, um, projects are coming. Boom. Um, projects are coming, and the time to get ready for what's about to happen is now. And if, if you're not doing your job now, um, you're going to be not so happy come mid-January. So we've been talking a lot, um, a lot of the people that I've been working with have been talking about like the best steps to get themselves ready for what's about to happen. Um, and of course that varies from person to person, uh, where they are in their career, what they're looking to do, what steps they're looking to take. Is it time for a big change? Is it not? And the thing that I kind of realized was happening over and over and over again with the people that I was working with um, was, you know, if you, if you know you are ready to make a large change in your career, if you're sick of um, the, the parts that you continue to get uh, over and over and over again, if you've become kind of the go-to person for a certain track, uh, if you play the swing, or play the swing, if you are the swing uh, frequently and people realize that you have that special skill and they kind of don't let you do other things, um, you know, if you're ready to make a change from that place, now is the time, uh, this period of time right now, between now and mid-January, is really, really, really when you need to start working on getting new materials and your package together if you're ready or wanting to make a change in how people perceive you, uh, what lists you think you're on or want to be on. Um, and so, you know, now is the time. If you feel like things like your headshots don't represent you or your resume is busted or you need to add new stuff to your book um, or if you have stuff in your book, you need to find a new way to do it. Uh, this 
this is the time that you need to be working on it. And I know that's difficult because it's the holiday season um, and you just like want to eat your cookies and like go get your Christmas tree and all the things, um, which I totally completely value. And, and believe me, like the Christmas tree is here and I'm eating all the cookies, but I'm also not planning to audition for stuff in January. So I just really, really, really want to encourage people to sit down and like find the thing that lights a fire under your ass to get yourself in gear, right? There are strategic things that you can do right now and in the next three weeks to really get yourself ready for this upcoming audition season. And that includes being as healthy as you can be, getting the haircuts that you need to get, getting the pictures that match the haircuts that you need to get, uh, asking for the right things for Christmas presents, um, you know, I, that sounds terrible, but like if you can be strategic about the things that you're asking for that might actually help inform uh, a better audition season for you, like maybe that's what's on your Christmas list this year or your Hanukkah list or whatever miraculous holiday tradition that you have. Um, if someone is going to be giving you a gift, perhaps we take the time to get something that's going to that help your career. Um, so asking for the right kind of clothes that make your body feel and look awesome um, and also really suit the kind of person oh, my cat is going crazy um, the the kind of person you want to be in the room right um, I'm gonna keep talking about this but really guys if anyone has any questions for me anything big or small personal or industry related please 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 do let me know in the comments below I can keep chatting on things that I think are important but Really, I do this so that I can talk with you guys and try to answer your questions for free. Um, <laughs> Chris, I'm really glad that you think what Christmas presents should I ask for is a great question. It kind of is a great question. You know, uh, I, I don't mean that in like a please give me what I need kind of way. But it is a wonderful time of the year where people are in a very giving spirit. Um, there are lots of deals, lots of coaches, audition classes, all sorts of things have packages that you can buy um, or like gift cards for things. So when thinking about how someone else can be um, helpful to your career, maybe thinking strategically about uh, classes, um, getting a gift card to BDC, whatever is going to be more helpful to you in the new year. It's a smart strategy, I think. So think about it. Um, great. I got another question that says, if you've been out of the game for a few years, where do you restart, so to say? Okay. Well, that's a really, really great question. Um, and hey, Ron, I'm so glad that you're with me tonight. Um, it was great to see you last night. Um, you know, I, first of all, I think there is this myth that if you've uh, decided that you needed to step away from auditioning in this career that like you can't jump back in and you know it, uh, stories and cliches are true for a reason we see them time and time again and uh, I do think that stepping away can be the most important thing that someone can do for their heart for their health for their brain but it of course is difficult to jump back in right the list that you maybe had been on you're no longer on anymore because you haven't been coming into auditions or you've turned them down um and the relationships that you've built with casting directors or other people um of course are, are are skewed a little bit right because you haven't been maintain, maintaining those relationships or maybe you have and that's you know a wonderful thing that i will say before i continue answering your question is if you do decide for your heart and your health and your mind that you need to take a break from auditioning or from this career 
make sure that you really do try, if there's even like a kernel in your brain that says you want to keep doing this, um, to maintain those relationships, right? So there is a way to not be an auditioning actor and still maintain relationships with composers who you're friends with, writers who you're friends with, um, people who work in casting, people who are producers, right? You have created this web. So stepping away is wonderful but if there's any colonel that wants to do this professionally i would really 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 encourage people that even when they step away to maintain and engage with the community that you've already created now saying that i think the best way to actively kind of step back into the the game of it all um is to of course reactivate those relationships whether you've worked to maintain them or not um it's it's a wonderful tool of course to reach out and tell people like hey guys i'm back whatever that means to you whether it's just your friends who i'm sure a lot of them are active members of the community in some way shape or form um or if it's your professional network and i just find you know i've been talking about this with some of my clients recently it's like when did people tell you and i'm sure this happened to a lot of people in conservatory and in college when did people tell you that you're not allowed to reach out there is a fine line clearly of course between like harassment reaching out to people that you have no relationship with um these things are like wildly inappropriate but if you are friends with someone or if you have a like real relationship with someone in this industry and you know you can provide a service for them not that you're asking them for anything but that like you're here and you're around and you're willing to work you're willing to do something for someone when did it become not okay to tell someone that it's like mind-boggling to me people are so terrified to like send an email now again i'm not telling you to like bombard casting directors emails with like your postcards of your new show right like that's inappropriate and do not do that and people will delete them and be a little like what when they get them but if you have a relationship with someone that's an actor uh, is a producer, a writer, um, you know, or there's something on the, or it works in casting, or there's something on a website that's like, contact us, right? Like, you're allowed to contact them. I think you just need to be strategic about how you do it, right? So if, for example, Ron's question was, how do you kind of step back into the industry if you've taken a break? If you're stepping back into the industry in a, in a new way, or in the same way that you had, but you're coming into it with kind of a new, um, breath of life, right? I'm sure there was a reason you stepped away and now there's a reason you're stepping into it. Um, write that out. Be vulnerable. Be really honest and say like, you know what? I was not having a great time. I needed to step away, reevaluate who I was, take some classes, try new things. Now I'm back with a vengeance. I'm ready. Um, and I'm wondering if there's any way that I can be of use to you, right? Like this is the golden, golden thing that people forget. Everyone needs helpers. Everyone needs help. <laughs> Everyone needs something. And this whole business is based on connections. Sometimes that's just in a like you got born into that connection kind of way. And sometimes that's we maintain and create these relationships. So the first step I would really say is to put yourself out there and know that some people aren't going to respond. Some people might delete the email, but at least your name is out there again, right? And if you say, like, I'm here, I'm ready to be of use, I'll do something for free, I'll come intern for you, I'll show up and read stage directions, I'll make photocopies for you, I'll just come hang out and drink wine while you're working, like, any of those things is going to put your name back on the radar. 
and make you kind of active again, right? The other thing I would say, Ron, or anybody who's trying to like step back into the career or do any sort of career in this this industry, um, and you feel like you've been out of it for a while, it's like you just gotta, just gotta fucking do it, right? <laughs> Great. Um, you just gotta like show up because no one's gonna give this career to you, whether they know you or not. I know this firsthand, right? Like, I, I for those of you who don't know my story, I was like an auditioning actor for a while, and then I realized I just didn't. The art of auditioning was absolutely not something that I liked to do, um, and it froze me, and it it was miserable and creating panic attacks in me. Right? So I stopped showing up, and guess what? I stopped getting work. Like that's how. That's the gag. That's the whole gag. So if you want to get back in the industry. Tell people you're here, reach out to the people that you have connections with, and then just show up. Get your headshots, get your resume, get online, and you're going to have to wait in those lines again because you're not on people's list to get appointments. But okay, you've got to do it. So that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about that. If you want this, if you really, really, really want to get back into it, and you know, because if you've stepped away from it, you already know what it is, and there's a reason that you stepped away. But if you're ready and you want to come back into it, then you just have to do the work, right? Like you just have to show up, put up, and shut up, and do the work, and and be better at it than everybody else. Be better at the work than everybody else, because we know that's 99% of the job, because everyone has a talent, everyone can execute that talent. Uh, there are varying, de- varying degrees and varying you know, needs that people need to fill, but we know everyone has a talent. It's the people who do the work better than anybody else that get the gigs, period. The end. The people who show up early, the people who stay late. The best advice I ever got from someone that I worked for was Michael Casera. Thank you, Michael Casera, where he said, you got to show up early and you got to stay late and you got to be okay with it. And it's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. <laughs> and it took me a while to learn it. <laughs> He'd be the first one to tell you that. But once I did learn it, um, it was great. Um, the people who do the work are the ones who get the work. So that would be my piece of advice for you. Does anyone else have questions for you? I can keep talking about this. Hey, yes, Cameron, thank you for the love. Um, Does anyone else have questions for me? Please, please, please just type them below um, in this this little comment box. I'd love to respond to them. Um, While you are asking questions, I will say one more thing about getting back into the industry. And that is um, really about personality your personality and uh and your personhood um you know like i said this industry is is about work <laughs> it's it's not when we're doing it in college and we're doing it in high school and you know we are starting out and, and doing things it's it's fun and it's wonderful and it's the most fun industry ever right that's true But like I said, it is about the work. And I find that a lot of people step out of the industry for a lot of different reasons, for health reasons, for money, lots of money um, (laughs) reasons. But if you stepped out of it, there's really, there's a deeper meaning there. And before you kind of jump back in, I would really encourage you to take a beat and um, truly assess why you needed to step away. And if stepping back in is going to be a healthy choice, because we know this industry is not always a healthy choice for people. It was Being an actor was not a healthy choice for me at the time that I decided to step away, and I leaned into what my real passion is, which is helping other people and putting the puzzle together, and man, that changed my life, and like the happiness rating went up. Um, so, you know, that's the other thing is, before you jump back in, like, 
really take a beat and self-analyze and talk to somebody else. I'm not saying you have to talk to me, though I'm always here if you want to chat, um, but there are a lot of people who can be a good sounding board, so that's something. Jen had a question for me. Uh, I was going to quickly ask if you had any feelings on monologues on video for actors' access if you don't have a reel. This is something I say all the time. What I say all the time is have something on the internet, man. Like, have, no matter what, a reel is always the best answer. Period. The end. Yes. A reel is always going to be the winner. A reel shows us lots of different sides of you, lots of different looks for you, shows us that other people, right, have encouraged you to work and paid you to work. This is a great reassuring thing. Um, if you don't have enough material for a reel, I am all about having an, a monologue on the internet because the truth is if someone is taking the time to stalk you on the internet, which, you know, we joke in casting, we're paid professional stalkers, um, we got to find something, man. Like, we have to see it. So if that's what it is, that's what it is. Just know the whole monologue probably won't be watched. People know what they're looking for, and they can figure it out like that, right? They know pretty much within 10 to 20 seconds if it's close. Um, if they're really enjoying it, they might watch 30. The hell, they might watch the whole thing. Sometimes we really do watch the whole thing. But we know what we're looking for. So at some point... Um, just know that it probably the whole thing won't be watched. Uh, but I, I think most people would agree with me that we'd rather have something to look at than nothing. So yes, do your monologue, go for it. Just know the whole thing is probably not going to be viewed. So if you're filming something with that in mind, maybe make sure that the first 20 seconds are your best 20 seconds, whatever that means for you. Um, Jen, was that helpful? Let me know if it was. Um, if not, if you have a follow-up, just type it below. Um, Chris just asked, you talk about the work Ooh, the work uh, that we do. I'm very much into doing what needs to be done, but are there any resources outside of Backstage, Actors Access Playbill, that we can use to find the work? Okay, so I just want to clarify one thing. Oh, good, Jen, I'm so glad it was perfect. So I just want to clarify one thing when I'm talking about the work. The work that I mean is not necessarily, um, like, getting paid professionally to act. <laughs> um... The work that I mean is the showing up of this business, the putting the time in to your craft, the going to dance classes if you're a musical theater actor, um, the voice lessons, the creating a, a package that makes sense, um, you know, the, the, of course, what? Oh, good, Chris. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, taking the time to create a, a package that makes sense, that's presentable for who you are at that moment, who you're trying to be, who you're trying to sell, because we are all trying to sell something, honey. Um, that is what I mean by the work. So when I say that like 99% of this business is doing the work, I mean showing up early and staying late for you, uh, for your personal business. And then of course, once you get the job doing the same thing, um, unless someone's like, get out of my hair and then don't stay late, go home. Um, but in terms of other resources, I'm just trying to find your question again, Chris, there it is. Um, are there any other resources that we can use to find the work? I mean, clearly backstage actors access playbill, like these are the ones that make sense. The only other, and, and like are the ones that you should be using clearly. The only other thing that I would really, really, really encourage you. And, and this is the thing that I talk about all the time is so much of this business, right? Especially if you don't have an agent, um, or a manager who is submitting you for projects that has a relationship with casting directors, film and TV or theater casting directors, um, so much of what you are going to do is going to come from relationship building, right? So when it, when we talk about other resources for finding work, 
getting in on the ground level of projects, creating relationships with writers, composers, directors, young theater producers, um, people who are starting their own companies. There's so many of those. And I know that's like not going to necessarily make you all the money and all of that, but the coolest, most interesting projects that we're obsessed with, right, are the ones that start in someone's living room. And if you can be there from the first reading to the end, we know that's the best way to get this to happen for you. So when people are like, I don't have an agent, I can't, I can't find work, I can't stand in that line anymore. I'm like, well, then don't waste your time in those lines. Don't waste your time in those lines. And actively seek out meaningful relationships and friendships with people who are creating work. Or create yourself but lots of people you know are like I'm not a writer I'm not a composer and I'm like great you were not given those gifts but a lot of people that you know were so how are you maintaining those relationships and again that means you can't just ask someone to give you something you have to be able to give them a skill in return and that doesn't always necessarily mean that you're you're they're going to need you to sing for them or they're going to need you to dance or or, or read for them sometimes it's like you got to show up and be someone's assistant on a on a show right um, I worked with someone recently uh, who I had been helping with a, I had been helping with the bad years, right? Which uh, was a great Kerrigan and Laudermilk show that we just did a developmental workshop of, um, and someone was an assistant on that project and made tons of relationships, friendships. Uh, you know, was helpful to composers and directors. This has then catapulted next steps for their career. And I think that is really, really, really important and can be so much more helpful than just like looking at backstage. Um, but also, side note to all of that, um, the other thing to, I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> this like never happens, but it's just like gone. Um, the other thing I was saying in terms of uh, resources for people um, is <laughs> social media. I mean, I know that sounds like stupid and I'm sure that's pretty obvious but so many things now you can find on social media liking um, going to Facebook and finding uh, casting offices their Facebook pages lots of them put up announcements about things um, that are special like when we have searchers are having a problem or not a problem but have a difficult search and they're looking for something specific you might be that specific thing I saw something today that was literally like cat owners we need you for a commercial and I was like cat owners that could be me, <laughs> right? So if that's your, you're welcome for that cat, by the way. Um, so if that's something that is, a, look at this, look at this doodle back here. Um, if that's something that is uh, and uh, helpful, that's you know something else to think about. Um, okay, I'm gonna move on. Sarah Klein had a question. Of course, great questions, great. Uh, I'm just gonna do follow up. Chris said, very helpful. I feel like sometimes I get caught up in I got the job instead of being able to seek out very similar projects where I can actually flourish. I think that's a huge, huge thing. We, um, I think a lot of people in this industry only find their self-worth in the final product and seeing their name in a playbill or being able to put someone's name on the list at the door and getting to bring them back and have that moment and like, wow, we all strive for that in our own ways and hopefully we all get there. I, I just really love what you're saying, Chris, about how seeking out smaller projects where you actually get to do interesting, cool work can also be just as fulfilling. And so making those relationships and, and creating those contacts I think is is a really great opportunity for people to do that so just a, just a thought 
not a sermon. All right, Sarah Klein said, oh, click more so I can say, okay, I've been working pretty consistently as a non-equity actor for a few years now, and I'm starting to feel like I need the next step to get into new rooms, whether it be equity or representation via an agent or what have you. How important would you say either of those things are, if at all? Okay, I've had this conversation several times this week, and I'm just going to put it out there. When it comes to the uh, the equity versus non-equity conversation, um, ooh, um, okay. So, so much right now, so much of the work right now is non-equity work, right? We know this. And people get frustrated because there's a lot of non-equity actors, but there's also a lot of equity actors, right? Um, And so people think like, if I just get that magical card, then everything is gonna change. And yes, I am an equity actor. I'm very proud of my union. I worked really hard to get into that union and I will pay those dues till the day I die, whether I am working as an actor or not. I carry that card with me all day, every day. I worked really hard for it. So I understand the pride and the, um, the emotional weight of that card and doors that it can open for you. But I, what I really, really have to remind people of is once you take that card, doors shut right? There's no, um, and there's no way to reopen them. When you are a non-equity actor, all doors are open in some respects. If somebody really, really, really wants you, there are ways to get you into the union to work on a project. If you get that Broadway show, honey, you know, do the card. But once you take it, there are a lot of doors that shut. Um, and so, whether you've been working for several years or not in the city, before you even think about taking that card, you just have to remember how many opportunities you are closing to yourself. Um, And you really should look at your resume, (laughs) like take a beat and look at your resume and figure out exactly what you've done on there that makes me or, you know, whomever your, whatever room you're walking into, uh, what on your resume would make me or that CD or that associate assistant, whoever it is, think that you could do an eight-show week on Broadway, right? I'm back. Are we back? I think we're live. Okay, great. Um, you know, if you don't have that thing, uh, then you probably need to keep doing some work. Um, and so I really... If, if someone is 35 and we're having this conversation and there's an opportunity for someone to get their card, I'm going to say, go for it. Get your card, right? Like it's time to make that choice. But at 24, 25 years old, um, I just really encourage people to think about it. There are so many national toys, so many national toys, so many national tours right now and, uh, and regional gigs and Developmental workshops happening in New York that are going non-ac, all sorts of things that are incredible opportunities. Um, so that's kind of my spiel about equity, which I think is an incredible union, the most wonderful union. Again, I'm so proud to be a member of that union. And I think when taking, if you take your card at the right time, it can serve you beautifully, um, and you can serve it beautifully. Um, but. It is that thing of doors closing when you take that card um, that is a little bit scary, I think, for some people. Um, And it's really important to really, really, really think about it. Um, 
when we talk about whether stop and getting into the room. Okay, so yes, clearly when you take your equity card, you um most likely get to be seen in a few more rooms, right? Because we know how the lines work and we know if you're equity you're gonna get seen before other people and you know, having an equity card just is kinda like that little this cat just taking a bath. No big deal. Um, the Taking your equity card is like a little stamp of approval. People believe in me, right? Someone was willing to, to say I deserve this, and great. Um, and, of course, it's the same with an agent or a manager, right? Someone who gets you into the room. Um, so I guess what I'm wondering about your question, Sarah, if you're still with me in here, um, you've written, like, how important are these things, either of these things, having representation, having a team, and having an equity card. Okay, I mean, point blank, we know these things are important in this industry. When someone is creating their schedule of auditions, um, clearly, they're, unless they've seen someone specially in something, um, you know, and that happens sometimes where someone will go to a show or be, see a showcase and they're like, this person is really special, they don't have representation, they don't have, you know, an equity card, but we have to get them into the room because it's really important. That is like a unicorn, though. Unicorn, 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 left and right. Um, we clearly know that most of the time first rounds of things are going to be equity actors who have been submitted by agents and managers that's how that's how this works because what that just simply means again is there are people who are willing to stand up for this person there are other people who believe in this person's talent so when you say how important would you say either of those things are i do think they're important i i I do think they're important we know they're important we see time and time again that people with teams my hair guys my hair people with teams and people with a card it's just like having an extra um bit of love a little push a little push and it just gives people who work in casting or, or even you know any creative team it gives them a little more confidence because that just means someone has stuck their neck out for the other person um however there's so many opportunities where you don't need that right like if you don't know me very well, I am uh, the New York casting uh, coordinator for all of the celebrity cruise lines, right? Uh, who do huge, beautiful, magical shows that are not like step touch cruise ships, like real stuff, cool stuff, where you get to travel for six months in the Mediterranean and get paid a lot of money to do amazing things, right? Uh, that you can be union, non unions on the sea, so unions don't apply. Um, and we see a lot of people who are non-union and who don't have um, agents and managers, partially because that's who wants to come for those gigs. Great. And the other part is we love giving people their first major opportunities. We think it's sexy. We love it. Um, so, you know, it really depends what you're going in for, right? If you're going in for the initial Broadway company of a brand new musical in the 2017 season, well, then it's important to probably be equity and to have an agent. <laughs> like, let's be very frank. So I think it just kind of depends on where you're at, Sarah. And, and uh, if the next step really is to find an agent or manager or to, to get your equity card, um, then that's like a very personal conversation that I'd love to have with you one-on-one if that's something you want to do. Um, but if... If there's any part of you at all that still thinks you would love to 
be the lead in a non-ec national tour and tour the country, or if you think there's a theater that you just love, who you know doesn't have a lot of equity contracts and you'd really love to work there, then I would really, really, really take a beat because again, once you take that card, those options are gone. Um, and that's just something, something to think about, you know? Um, oh, Oh, good. I'm so glad you just wrote me. My question was totally poorly worded. Well, then I'm really glad I just spent 10 minutes answering the wrong question, but you killed it. Um, I think I'm just looking for help and was trying to see which one of those things would, would be worth pursuing ASAP. I'm going to say this. If you're at a place in your career where um, you're still totally psyched, someone was going to offer you a contract to play, you know, the lead in the Christmas National of Elf and you're like, I'm in and it's non-equity, but you are like ready for that eight show week and you are ready for that little, that paycheck and you are ready to like do all the things. If that's still where your heart is, um, then I would say of the two, I would actively pursue trying to find representation versus getting the card because there's still lots of people who will represent people who are not equity who then can help you get those appointments for like the lead in the tour versus just going into like in you know uh, a, an open call um and so that's definitely what i would spend the time working on having a team member having someone who's willing to stick their neck out for you is just like always going to be helpful right that's just like always a good choice um so asap that's what i would do i would do your research do the work that we've been talking about, which is finding out what agents and managers are willing to and actively represent non-equity talent um, and finding a way to either, you know, go to one-on-one and, and, and meet them, you know, pay for play meetings, submitting to them, what, whatever their means of finding talent is, I would absolutely take the time to do that because you know, contrary to popular belief, there are agents and managers in the city who do represent non-equity talent and who do serve them beautifully. I work with those people frequently, like I said, with celebrity, and they're active submitters and they really do care about their clients and they want to workshop people and, and get them to the next step in their career. So that's totally what I would do if I were you. Um, great. So it looks like at this point, nobody else has written me a question. Um, so I'm going to gab for just a few more minutes. If anyone else has a question. Oh, I'm so glad, Sarah, that I answered the right question. And that's absolutely what you wanted to do. Great. Um, if anyone else has a question, I'm trying to see. We've been talking now for about 35 minutes. So I'm going to stay on for just a little bit longer. If you do have any thoughts, anything, truly any question, nothing is too dumb. Um, oh, good. I'm so glad you're listening, Chris. Um, nothing is wrong. There is no, nothing that I haven't heard before and that I won't hear again. So I'm here for you and I am ready to answer anything. Um, I will, while you guys are thinking or adding questions, one thing I do uh, really want to talk about um, right now while I'm waiting for you guys um, is the the holiday season like I was talking about at the beginning of the thing the holiday season is is upon us which means pilot season and major audition season are coming up uh, we know the beginning of the year is when things uh, kind of most come full into swing in terms of uh, projects especially out-of-town projects in New York gearing up for them and I think a lot of people get really overwhelmed uh, when thinking like oh crap everything's about to come what am I gonna do um, and I really would 
take some time. You know, we talked about at the beginning of this, we talked about like staying in shape or getting in better shape, taking the time to get the good haircut, getting good headshots, working on your resume, hiring someone who does this for a living to help you with your book. Lots of those people exist. Um, the other thing I really would remind you or encourage you to do is to take the time to figure out like where you are in your career, what you are willing to do or like actively excited doing, and then writing it all out, right? Like you are about to be bombarded with audition notices and it can be overwhelming trying to figure out what's important to you and what's not, where to go. And instead of take, like be letting yourself be overwhelmed, I would take the time to figure out like, what am I willing to do? What am I excited to do? And how can I best set myself up for success for those things? If you are excited to like get out of town, if you just broke up with someone, you're like, I got to get out of Dodge. I want to go somewhere. Like go to all those cruise auditions. Truly, you're going to get paid to see the world. And lots of the shows now are like baller entertainment right and like there's like a weird stigma against it I gotta tell you after working now for these companies and seeing what the work they're doing it's hard work it's interesting work you learn things um you know so if you're willing to do that all of those companies are coming in January go to those auditions what do you have to lose if you only if you're at a place now where you're like I am only taking Broadway or First Nationals then like only go for that. Really, really, really focus in January and February on what it is that you want to do. If you know you are ready to book like a big regional house, only focus on those auditions. Do not waste your time or your heart or your energy on things that are not going to serve you. Know where you are in your career. Focus on how to get to the top of that place so that then we can take the active step to the next one, right? Just a thought. Chris wrote, okay, if we were in between union and not, is there a point where we should start actively seeking representation? Um, you know, the representation game, man, that is such a personal, personal journey, right? Because a lot of people are super focused on it to the point where they stop focusing on, like, the other parts of their work. Um, because even when you have representation, and I talk to people all the time who are with some of the best people in the world, both the agents, managers, and the actors would say, like, the actor still needs to be actively seeking stuff as well. The actor still needs to be making re relationships with people, maintaining those relationships so that they are being, you know, actively asked to come in by the creative team for projects. Um, so, you know, when it comes to when should you actively start seeking representation, um, that's going to be a personal journey. Like, when are... Uh, point blank, like, when are you ready to give someone else money? <laughs> like, are you at a place where you're making enough money with the work that you're doing to give somebody else a piece of the pie? Are you willing to give somebody else a piece of the pie even if you're not making enough money just because it's important to you to have that, you know, that agency on the top of your resume because it gives you that boost of confidence, right? Like, that's a really, really, really personal journey, and there are lots of correct answers. Um, but I would say if you... Um, if you know that you will feel better walking into a room, even if it's like an open call, right? Even if you have an agent, you're still possibly going to be going to open calls for things that you want to do. If you know that that is going to give you that boost of confidence to make you kill your audition, then you better focus. Focus right now and get the, the representation that you want. Because you have to set yourself up, honey. You have to set yourself up to walk into that room and slay. And if that is the thing that's gonna give you the confidence to do that, then you better focus your energy on it and do it right now and pay for, you know, pay for play and meet the people and do the things and schmooze your little face off. 
if that's not the thing that's going to give you the confidence and you don't feel like you're making enough money, like I said, to warrant having a team, if you don't feel like you have, uh, you know, if you don't feel like you have a product for the team to sell that's different, then like, do not waste your time on that. Again, like I said, make the, make your community of artists that will serve you. Um, and, and I think that will serve you better in the end, right? It, it always does. It just always does. Your community is the thing that builds you up and breaks you down. And if you put your energy into creating a rich web of talent and uh, friendship, and, and it will serve you, period. The end. We see this time and time again. There are definitely the, the wonder kids, the wunderkind who, uh, you know, go straight from showcase and start, show, you know, go straight into a Broadway show and, like, Brava, honey, to those people. We love them. When you see someone and you just know it's time and they're ready to go, good for them. But a lot of people get where they go, where they are, because they do the work, they make their relationships, and they foster them for years. For years. That's the job. That's the gag. That's the whole thing. Um, Chris, good. Well, let's meet. I would love to meet with you too. So send me an email, katelumpkincasting at gmail.com, and we will set up a coaching. Um, okay, does anybody else who's out there have a question for me? If not, I'm gonna check my little, I'm gonna check my tweeties and see if anybody tweeted me as well. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. It looks like, no. It looks like there are no more questions for me, which is great. We've been talking for 40 minutes, so I feel solid about that. Um, ooh, did anyone, nope. Okay, great. So that is going to be it for me. I'm going to log off at 645 right now. Um, but this was a great session for those of you. Oh, oh, never mind. I'm going to keep talking because like I said, I'm going to be here for an hour. Ron just had a question. <laughs> I think I just broke my phone, y'all. Um, I had to step away. Where do you go if you're looking to switch mediums, like going from theater to film? theater to film um that's a really good question so uh you know (laughs) breaking into film and tv is like a totally different beast we know this right anyone who's doing both actively or trying to switch knows it's a it's an entirely different thing um when you ask where do you go i think the first thing you need to think about is what do you have on your resume uh, that shows that you can do theater and film or what have you done that shows that you can do it can you do it um, have you taken a class to learn what that craft is it is an entirely different craft and a lot of people think like oh I went to school for theater I know how to do film and it's like no you don't boo like no you don't um, it's a different craft and and there are lots of wonderful classes in this city and if anyone would like a list of classes that I think are great you can email me Kate Lumpkin Casting Gmail um, and I can send you a list of those classes that I recommend that's the first thing I would do, especially if you are a theater-trained actor, is take a class. Learn what it means to work on camera. Um, take a master class. Uh, and then take the time to realize, like, who are the CDs who work on the shows that you respect and that are worlds you think you live in, right? Are, do they only cast series regulars? If that's the case, you are not at a place where you're ever going to go in for a series regular at this point. So you don't need to worry about them. You need to find the people who are casting the the parts that you think you could actually get at this point in time and make a list of all those people. Figure out how to get in front of those people. But do not do that. 
do not pay for a class until you have stuff on your resume that proves that you should be there, right? Like this just makes sense because it, it, it's very difficult sometimes when you're looking at thousands and thousands of submissions to, uh, to read between the lines. It really is, especially when you don't have a lot of footage to look at, right? Or you don't have a lot of time. So I think the first active step would be to take a class, find a, find a teacher in the city that you respect, and, and really learn the, at least the fundamental basics of the craft, right? Then I think it's about uh, getting gigs, getting footage. If that means having to create footage your, yourself, sometimes you just need to do that, right? You need to, to, even if that's just to learn for you, to see yourself on film, to figure out what you're doing right, wrong, what you like, what you don't, what your angles are, which is just like wildly important, um, what looks good on you, what what is happening, like, how are your teeth, how is your skin, things like that, which you don't always have to think about in theater, you really do have to think about in film and TV, right? Um, so I would, I would do a kind of personal assessment as well. Then once we've taken the class, we feel confident, we're starting to build things on your resume um, that might be student films, that might be, you know, whatever that looks like to you, that's when you start to really do pay for play and you need to meet those people. And you guys know, anyone who's like a loyal follower of mine knows how I feel about pay for play. It's a, it's a little tricky in my book. However, um, I do, I do think, especially if you're kind of completely shifting gears and going from like one entity to the other, that's a really great way to get in front of people. Um, if you are strategic about it, do not spend hordes of money, uh, going in for CDs who only cast series regular for network, right? Like what is the point of that? Why would you do that when you know you're not at a place that you're going to book a series regular gig? Now, again, some people are freak shows, and I love me a freak show, and they go from zero to hero, and they have nothing on their resume, and then all of a sudden, they are a series regular on an NBC show. And I'm like, huzzah, you've done something amazing. But, like, I call them freak shows because they are my lovelies, and I I'll eat them up. But they're, they're unicorns. They're total industry unicorns. And so I think the best active way is to take the time to, uh, to really meet strategic people. And if that means you need to talk to someone who knows more about the industry than you do, find a coach, find someone who's been in the, find an actor whose career you respect and ask them if you can sit down and ask them questions. Um, it's, it's just wildly important that you um, don't waste your time, your energy, your heart, or your money on things that aren't going to serve you. So Ron, did that answer your question, my love? Does that seem like a, a smart strategic path towards doing some sort of career shift? Um, it does in my mind. Again, like I always say though, just because it works in my mind doesn't mean it's going to work in your plan. So if, uh, if that's wrong, don't do it. But I will say I think that's a, a very smart, strategic way to use the resources, especially that New York has to offer for people. Um, and again, if there's some, oh good, yes, just a simple yes, yes. Um, if there is any, if you need anything from me, like a list of resources for a great film and TV class, an on-camera class, just send me an email, kaylumpkincasting at gmail.com, and I can send you those free resources. Or if you want to do a, a private coaching, that would be awesome. I'd love to do that, and we can get that on the books. Um, I think that that was my last question. Unless anyone has, like, a, a big question for me right now, um, anything personal, industry-related, private, whatever, um, I am, <laughs> yes, hearts and love. Um, I'm here. I'm going to wait for, like, two more minutes, and then I'm going to peace out. Um, so for my last bit of 
knowledge to drop today. I think the one thing that I really, really, really want to remind people, we've been talking a lot, for those who haven't been on the call, or the call, the call, been on the live stream uh, for the last hour, we have been talking a lot about prep for pilot season, audition season coming up. And the one thing that I will uh, always remind people of is you need to take the time to use the resources you have in the best way that you can. And the best way to use a resource is to give your resource something in return. Right? People love to be told they're awesome. People love to be told that the knowledge that they have is valuable. What people really need is not just their ego strokes, but they either need money for their knowledge. Knowledge is worth payment. People spend years and years and years acquiring their knowledge, and you have to respect that. You would never, ever, ever ask a personal trainer to train you for free, right? So why would you ask someone to train you on your career in any way, shape, or form and, and expect not to do that? The other thing people need, though, is help. And so some people don't need your money, but they would love any sort of resource that you can provide for them. So that's the one little kind of nugget I want to remind you of in this career is that we're kind of all in this industry together and everyone has an active need and everyone has an active gift, right? So if there's any way that you can use your active gift to serve someone else's active need, then that is definitely, definitely worth investigating and doing. Um, and now is the time, man. Now is the time to say, this is what I have to offer people. Is, is Can I be helpful to anyone in any way? And the amount of energy and people that you attract back by offering something is tremendous and guess what then that means you are expanding your social network which is a huge component of this industry huge component of this industry so I would just take that time it is tis the season of holiday giving so maybe you can holiday give yourself to somebody not in a uh, not in that way you dirty bird but um, in in the means of of creating relationships that are worth investing in in the new year so with that little nugget of wisdom it is 6:50. i think i'm going to sign off 10 minutes early because i don't have any questions but i think y'all are the bees knees um do not forget you need to do the work and if you need someone to help you i am always here i can always be a resource but i guarantee you you also have five to ten people in your life who are willing to help you too so i hope you have a wonderful holiday season i will see you next week which is before the holiday season so i'm sure i'll say that again um and if you need anything you can always reach out to me here on facebook or my website kate-lumpkin.com or you can send me an email at katelumpkincasting.com this has been office hours with kate lumpkin you guys are the single best people on the in, in the whole world i love our industry i love all of you and i hope that you guys have a wonderful wonderful week